See, that's my opening key. <laughs> I like it. I, I gotta like have it. a rock and roll opening I to like keep it. it going. Yeah, that's very nice. Hey, now here's what's Scott. This is next level. Next level. Because we have a special guest in the podcast room with us. You can watch it on YouTube, remember, so if you want to see who this special guest is, get a visual on that good-looking specimen right there. <laughs> that is Dr. Keith Scott from LSU, Oshner's Hospital, and the, give me the correct term, I mean, you have all the research side, you have everything. Give me your, your all your titles, all your letters, everything. I'm a professor of uh, pediatric surgery uh, in medicine. Uh, I have a MD, a Masters of, of uh, Global Health and Infectious Diseases, and um, one of the investigators in some of the clinical trials we have for COVID nineteen. No, what's wow. funny is Scott. This is the most educated guy we've ever had in I, this room. I feel like I should leave. <laughs> we probably should. Golly! But now to give a reason why, me and you keep known each other a long time. Long time. Long time. And you, he's really doing some pretty cool stuff because I'm going to go into part of how we know each other and all that before we get into the, the COVID stuff. But uh, you really work in Haiti. You, me and you were, have had a lot of those conversations because you have some things you're trying to do down there and all these trips and these students. Tell a little bit about that. What are you doing and how are you helping these students? Uh, well, we've started a program of uh, Oh, man, a long time ago, taking students over to Africa. Right. And mainly doing just basic care. Okay. Uh, and Africa is, one, it's hard to get to. It's expensive. All we of know. those things to, to take a lot of students to. And we saw a need in our backyard, which is Haiti. Yeah. And uh, easier to get to, cheaper to go there. And seriously, there was a bigger need. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that we were looking at, was starting one of the first ICUs in southern Haiti, in right. the Lakai area. Uh, they have a lot of sick people there, but if they get too sick, there's no care for them. Mm. And so we saved a bunch of equipment. We got a bunch of volunteer or uh, donated equipment, and we were headed back down. We've done four or five trips, taken residents, taken nurses, started training some of their people and then all of the political things and happen. It, and Haiti gets nuts and it gets nuts and we just felt we could not take students down there sure. or residents right now um and just as we were about to kick it back up COVID starts <laughs> so welcome to the world yeah, oh, welcome to the world so but we uh, uh one of the um uh, other uh people interested in global health he and I talked in the hall the other day and so we got to kick it back up oh, again yeah. that you know, we, we can't let that go away just because of COVID. So sure. we have to start relooking at it. We still have a ton of equipment that we can take down there and um, hopefully set it up. And we're going to set it up at their charity hospital, which is something they still have a cholera ward. Wow. And I mean, the, the HIV ward, the, um, they deliver 5,000 babies a year. Uh, and there's no neonatal ICU. There's no real care. And uh, this is this is why I love Kika. This is not like we go and we've been working with great organizations and great groups of people. But Keith and them to go into the medical side is a whole nother world, and it is an amazing world. Y'all, y'all, you have done amazing work leading that and championing that, and it's not easy. It is not easy. <laughs> I've, I, uh, you know, if you just look at the struggle of just getting there, getting yeah. the equipment there. Fighting the bureaucracy that that corrupt exists, country. the corrupt country. Um, you know, when we went to Africa, we used to put the antihistamines on top because they were the most expensive thing to buy, and because they, 
you know, they uh, smoke everything in their house, right. and, and they all had allergies, so oh, yeah. that was gold. And so when we would go through customs, we would put the antihistamines on top, and then when the customs start going through it, before they dug through the antibiotics and other things we knew we needed, they'd take the antihistamines. We would take the antihistamines and, and bribe them, and then they'd yep. just walk us through. That's the way it so, is, man. What happened to me last time over in Haiti? We had to get the water bottles in there. We bought a, we had, there's, in the different regions we were in, there were kids that were drinking out of oil cans, mm-hmm. you know, like used oil cans. And that's my Southern, that's O-I-L, oil cans. Oh. <laughs> yes, oil, oil cans. Oil. So, but as they were doing that, we were like, we can get them clean water bottles, at least solve that problem. But then we got there, Customs was trying to steal it all, so I just started handing out 20s, man. Yeah. <laughs> and man, and miraculously, they just let well, you on yeah. through. You should have brought Benadryl. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I can't believe you used, I mean, obviously probably something a little more than Benadryl, but. God, I mean, man. here here you can buy, you know, a bottle of 100, you know, generic Claritin for, you know, eight, nine bucks. Right. And there it's equivalent to probably a $100 to yeah. them. Wow. So it's, it was good as gold. Oh, yeah. That's so, crazy. So yeah. that's that's the medical side, and that's how we, because we work together. We And we still, we're trying to organize. I still have great. People, matter of fact, I got a, a text from a friend in Haiti yesterday. They're still trying to get this stuff done, so I still got to get on the same page. And then Mark and uh, from Audio Adrenaline and all those guys, I've told you that's mm-hmm. there. They have a great place to stay there. So we're going to get all that worked out when COVID's lifted. We're going, Keith. Commitment. Got Come on, we got to make it happen. I'm I want to go. I'm there with you. We're together. All right, but then we also have family connection as far as just I've been known their family, his stepdaughter. I mean, for years. So I have known them for I don't even know how long. I long know, time, Chris. A long time. Yeah, yeah. like his wife is. I mean, I don't even know. Twenty years, maybe. I don't know. Maybe something like that. So <laughs> a long time. So what I love about him though is at the local hospital, which LSU explained to the listener, because some people will listen from out of the area. Right. What hospital do you work at? Because we call it LSU because it now still is, but it's Oshner's. Right. LSU. It's the charity hospital, or what some people think. But let's go through that a little bit because me and you have our own discussions and right. opinions of that. But talk about that. Well, it's the really only academic medical center outside of New Orleans uh, in Louisiana, and which means that we have not only medical students and residents and fellows, uh, but we also have a basic science area that does a lot of basic research. And that's the LSU side. And what they did just because of all of the upheaval in medical care that they decided to partner with Oshner on the hospital side. So that Oshner essentially runs the hospital side with LSU staff and LSU residents. And that's how the partnership grew. And it always has been the safety net hospital. Sure. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we've always been proud of is I've never said no. Yeah. If someone calls me with a transfer or they need something, unless I don't have a bed, right. I never say no. And we're encouraged to never say no. If wow. they need help, just just come on. Wow. And that's very rewarding from a medical oh, yeah. side that you don't have to – do a wallet biopsy first to sure. make sure that they have you know the right not mm-hmm. only the insurance but the right insurance right so, uh, so without you know that's just the pressure not on you yep and he's that way though if you know keith this is what's great about him is it's the only trauma hospital yes so even one. yeah and child trauma so like i've had multiple <clears throat> circumstances in my connected life to the church or whatever that those guys have and gals have been phenomenal mm-hmm. and, and and i know the church has brought 
uh, gifts up to our Oh, yeah, we try. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, we try to encourage y'all, yeah, man. To, Remind, to, keep going, baby. Yeah, You're doing keep good. Going. But, yeah, we're only level one trauma center outside of New Orleans. We're a level two pediatric trauma center, the only one in the state. Um, that, that's so, what people don't know. Huh. Yeah, and so now, we, you know, we've opened up the St. Mary's campus. Right, and yeah. And women's and children's are over there, so we've moved uh, most of the pediatrics, OB, a lot of other surgeries over there, which gives us a lot more space and yeah. better parking and oh, yeah. all of that. And then, but the tra- the pediatric trauma still stays at, at the main camp, Kings right. Highway campus. So. Are they, uh, whenever you're, you're launching, is that the long-term goal, is that they'll create a women's center where Shumper, old Shumper it was? Yes, that's the, that's that's the goal. Hu- that was Hal Sutton's uh, mm-hmm. children's hospital, right. too. Did, did, did y'all look at those wings? or they That's where, that's where they yeah. housed. Uh, we They just had to do a tremendous amount of, updating because when the hospital was um mothballed i guess yeah uh you know it falls out of code it, now Quickly. if you come back and say okay now i want to make it a hospital it's a whole new code bracket. Oh, yeah. so a lot of updating and um they're doing putting a lot of money into it to that's awesome to bring it up and it's beautiful uh the neurosurgery uh, clinics there now the orthopedic clinics there i think uh, uh urology is going there um, so the hospital is expanding in a huge way. When Oshner's came in, it changed. Yeah, it changed a lot, and it's it's allowed us to uh, spread our wings. That's and, awesome. And offer some services, you know, that, that probably you know could have done at some point, but right. it, 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 it's just become easier. And, and COVID has pushed a lot of this really fast. Oh yeah, because it was kind of a year and a half plan to move into St. Mary's, and right. we had to do it because we had to expand our main campus. ICUs by we were anticipating, you know, 30 to 50 beds. Um, And to do that, we had to move people out. And so we had to do it in a couple of months. And so it's, it's working. It's, it's good. It's, you know, I I was just over there last weekend covering and it's a nice campus. And like I said, uh, it's going to work out. We just, once the COVID, all of that comes down to where we can, Start putting more and more resources, so less COVID resources and more just right. expansion resources. So let's talk about that for a second, though. But your what is your specific job? So you're over pediatrics. No, I'm I'm just one of the pediatric intensivists, and I do adult critical care medicine. And <laughs> so I do both. Um, and but like since COVID, we've all just been either working in the COVID ICU or working, right. you know, to help out the COVID ICU. And then a lot of what we're doing is research. Yeah, so we're going to get into that. But before we do, Scott, you know, you thought you had COVID. Yes. And we tested you, and you were negative. <laughs> negative, Ghost Rider. Yes. And we went through a lot of rigmarole. Now, we Keith did. was my – if I needed – I had an ace in the hole. Yes. If I couldn't get answers from a local family doctors, from your – whatever we need, the situation yes. we're in, I was going to Keith. You know why? Because he had COVID, son. Yes. <laughs> now, that's true. Now, this is what people don't know, because mm-hmm. you literally had COVID, yeah. and you work in a hospital, and you're dealing with that. So let's first go, because no one I know, other than Stuart Hall in Atlanta, has had COVID. Me and Stuart haven't had a whole lot of talk about that. But talk about it, because you got isolated to your uh, backyard. Yes. <laughs> In, well, a, in just, a trailer, right? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> my wife had some medical illnesses, and so we didn't, and where I worked, I didn't want to sure. bring it home. And so I had a, we have a, a RV, and we parked it in our backyard and hooked it up. And so I lived in there for about a month before I even got it. And so, wow. Thank goodness 
I was out there. Yeah, because um, it would have risked her, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I woke up, oh, I don't know, one or two in the morning with the worst pain I've ever had in my life. I mean, the muscle aches were just unbelievable, and then the fever started. And I had fever for five, four and a half, five days, I mean, of just unrelenting pain. And the fatigue was what really got me. Yeah, wiped you out. I mean, it was, I slept, I bet three days, I slept 23 hours a day. I mean, wow. I mean, that's, I, why, that's why whenever I look at you, it's like, Scott, I don't no, think I you did got it. Have it. <laughs> I tell you, my, sure. what my wife did, this is pretty smart. She went and got a baby monitor. One that of those, is smart. And put it out in the RV so she could watch me. From the house, it's, you know. Yeah, now this is crazy. So I, Keith texts me or something in there, and I'd have to look it back up. But he's like, yeah, I got it or whatever. And I was like, well, man, you need anything? He's asking me what he can do for us. I'm like, Joker, you got COVID. Stay away is what you can do. You ain't coming up talking to me. But that was his heart. Well, let me know for something. I'm like, no, you just need to get well. So then I text one time, and you didn't answer. So I text your wife, Chris. She was just like, Justin, he is sleeping a lot. I said, and that Joker's asking what he can do for us. You know, I'm like, get well. That's what you can do. Yeah, really. Yeah, it took me a month um, of I would work. And I'd have to go home at 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon and just rest. Oh, yeah. And for a month. And then it took, like I said, about five weeks where I really felt and that like was I could pre- go through a day. And it was pretty early on. Cause Very early. The, yeah, that was I like could, when it was first coming. I mean, because mm, I wow. think it was the first thing yeah. I knew that had it. Yeah. So let's get into that then. So you personally experienced it. Now, what are you doing specifically with covid now, hold on. You want to, you need a COVID update, don't you? You feel like it? Let's get I a, can do a COVID Yeah, hold on. This is just to let you know how next level we are. Keith. All right. Go ahead, Scott. I just here. want to make sure you hit the right button. That's probably smart, especially with a special especially guest. Especially with a special guest. Yeah, here we go. Let's see. COVID-19 update <laughs> with Dr. Keith Scott. See, I like that. It was a little loud, but I like it. It was a little That's loud. That's okay. We're getting That's excited. That's all right. So <laughs> every week we were giving our own COVID updates, mm-hmm. something with the church, something funny, or something we saw, or something serious. So now we get real COVID updates. This is not make-believe. This is Dr. <laughs> Keith giving it to us. Make-believe. What are you make-believe. doing specifically now with COVID? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we're For the research side, we have several trials that we're looking at. Uh, one trial is we actually, um, people that are on a mechanical ventilator, they're that sick. We give them very, very high doses of nitric oxide, which is a gas we've used for years in babies and people yeah. with heart conditions. And we found in the first COVID or the SARS uh, outbreak that people got a little better when using it. So with some further studies, it looks like not only does it improve oxygenation, uh, but it may in fact kill the virus. Wow. So we partnered huh. with... Mass General, uh, Beth Israel in Boston, a Harvard group, uh, and then UAB in Birmingham, and then a, a institution in Sweden to put together this trial. And so we've had two interim uh, looks at safety, and they said it's very safe, keep going with the trial. And we have, I think, 60 in one arm and 70 in another arm. And so it's going to take another month or two to figure, but it won't be the cure for COVID, but it may be a very effective treatment. And we wow. know that pa- patients that get this gas improve their oxygen. We're just hoping it also has that virucidal. So that's one trial. The other trial we have is people that quite, aren't quite as sick. They don't need a mechanical ventilator, but they still need a hospitalization. Right. And then we go in and give them super high doses twice a day and in hope that they'll 
keep them from progressing too severe. So basically, your trials in both are involving nitrous. That's that's mine. And, yeah. and yeah. I'm involved superficially in others, but we have one that's a inhaled drug that helps cleave uh, one of the proteins that the virus needs to attach. Uh, we have another one that just kind of turns off the immune system because one of the things we're seeing is why this virus is so devastating is when it hits, not only do you get this respiratory and lung infection, you get this profound inflammatory response. And it's something that we see in other diseases that are pretty rare. Like what? Give me an example of that. Well, one is called like macrophage activation syndrome, which people may, like kids with um, rheumatoid arthritis right. will get when their immune system just goes crazy. Uh, there's another... Epstein-Barr can cause one called HLH, and that causes the same thing. And what happens is just the immune system just goes uh, ballistic. And all of the defense mechanisms you have, because the immune system is good, but you have to have a break. Right. You know, you have a gas pedal and a break. Right. Because you don't want to overdo the inflammation because that becomes harmful. Wow. And that's what we're seeing is then that leads to renal failure and other organ failures. And so we're seeing this huge inflammatory response and that's one of the other things that we're trying to study is how can we mitigate that and kind of keep that from happening and we have a couple of ways one is the convalescent plasma we're one of the first to give that have you given yours yet <clears throat> yeah no <laughs> well because you've had it i didn't know if yeah if... um they don't like that you travel to haiti oh yeah they kind of they're frowned upon that yeah they? and you know the malaria risk and right. stuff so um but the worst part was I got antibody tested, and I didn't have any. And so it's about 70, well, about 30% that either one, my titer didn't reach the threshold to measure it, uh, or it was just a sample error, or I just didn't make them. And we're seeing people See, that, that there's another <coughs> side of it, Scott, Ooh. when you're thinking we know. Yeah. And but it, people I'm that do have antibodies, now. we're really encouraging them to donate right. uh, and give it because – one of the things that we're doing also, and <clears throat> we've done with a couple of patients, is we put on a machine that actually uh, runs their blood through a filter, and we pull off all their plasma, and then we replace it with convalescent plasma or with regular plasma at times, but to try to get rid of those inflammatory yeah. proteins and then give them something healthier. Yeah, I think back. that's what Stuart did in Atlanta. So my mm-hmm. buddy's in Atlanta area, and he got it. He's about my age, maybe a couple of years mm-hmm. older, so early 50s. Uh, don't know where he got it, but man, caused him to have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So pretty much, they don't know. Right. They just believe that it was connected to that. So then he was on a vent for nearly thirty days. Yeah, I think that's about right. Something like that. Yeah, Finally, that's what we're yeah, he. I mean, and just almost died. I yeah. mean, he literally fought and fought his way back, but got released. But it has been, and they ended up doing plasma, and they ended up doing all these other stuff because it was still trials they were right. still trying to figure out i don't remember what hospital it was in atlanta but uh somewhere north of atlanta mm-hmm. anyway but there's a lot of we have you know <clears throat> remdesivir combination uh trial that we're doing but um we're really looking almost anything out there right now is there some way that we can study this and try to mitigate it because we're going to have to approach this in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. and uh because the other thing not only the inflammation but like your friend that had the heart attack we're seeing their blood clots very yep. fast and very That's easily. That's what happened to him. He got blood yeah. clots. And the other thing we see is you're over COVID, and a month later, you have a massive stroke. 
and it's people in their 40s and 50s. You know, they know just because of what it did to the blood? Mm-hmm. And the, probably the lining of the blood vessels, along with some of the proteins that, uh, co- that exist because of the virus, cause this to coagulate. And so we're, that's why we're seeing this, <clears throat> these, I, I call it the second wave. You know, we're worried about the second wave as acute infections. Right. But the other second wave is this residual or sequela that we're seeing from this virus you know, that are just creeping up on us. Yeah, because you don't know. It's ne- mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what it's going to do. And the most recent one that it's done is called pediatric multi-system immune response. I saw and, it on the news. And that's, that's New York area. Do we have? We've, we've had it here. <clears throat> we've had, um, I think, documented, or as best we can document, I think four cases in Louisiana so far. And wow. it's creeping up more and more and more and more. And they don't really know other than the the virus is affecting the body, and that's the body's reaction to for whatever reason, and we're right. trying to figure that out. Yeah, and because it's and it's such a hyper response because you get the cold. It looks like it's a big rash, and it then it can it's be a, a rash. It can be, um, and we're seeing changes in blood flow in the brain, and because one thing that we found in these patients that get it, particularly severely ill, is you almost can't sedate them, and you, they need to, and they need to rest, and they can almost not sedate them, and it, they think it has. Some think it's viral into the brain, but it's probably just blood flow changes to the brain itself. And it's wow. quite a, um, so it's a disease that nothing like anything we've ever seen. Yeah, because some people out there, Keith, you know the skeptics. They all think it's conspiracy or mm-hmm. they think, well, it's just the flu. It ain't that big a deal. It's a little more than the flu, folks. It's way more than the flu. <laughs> I mean, flu, the people that die from the flu are the ones that are kind of expected Right. You know, a lot of end of life or children that have a lot of medical issues. Right. That's not COVID. I mean, it. it They're take well, Stewart's healthy. I mean, it. It. It is so indiscriminate, and you know, it's. Um, and it's so. I, I don't know. It's just the most bizarre thing we've ever really seen. Right. So it's it's nothing like the flu, and you can't compare it, and you can't say. You know, all oh, this many people died from flu. You have to look at who died from the flu, right. not a number of people that died from the flu, but who died? What's their strat? You know, right. Is it we're seeing with COVID, African Americans and uh, Latin Americans very very susceptible. Yeah, they don't know mm. why. No, uh, we thought initially that it may just be, you know, high hypertension is right. higher, and uh, you know, the African American population diabetes is higher. I, I think it's beyond that. I think it's just something. That you know, it'll take us a while to figure sure. out. And in this disease, we're not going to figure out how to treat it until the winter, when we can look back on all this data that right. we're collecting. And we're collecting a ton of data all the time that we can look back and say, okay, maybe this is the best to treat it. Because if you look at, uh, we just had a, a fellow from Mass General came in to visit us for the trial, and his colleague, he's from Germany. His colleagues in Germany, they stopped treating anything. They just support them. They don't do remdesivir. They don't do any of those therapies. Why now? Why? What's they just haven't found it worked, and their mortalities are not that different. I I, I hope that's not the case. Yeah. So but, they're saying <clears throat> we're wasting a lot of money, energy, medicine on we're throwing stuff at it. And we don't even know what we're throwing at. Well, it. we're throwing everything at it and hoping something sticks. Right. And the problem with that is, and why we spend we're so careful with the nitric oxide trial of safety. You have to make sure it's safe. I yeah. Mean, yeah, because you don't know the side effects to whatever they're throwing at. No, I mean, if you look at the swine flu epidemic, remember that back in the... Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, more people died of the vaccine than ever died from swine flu. 
Well, if we did that with COVID, and that's why I tell people we can't rush into these things. Right. Now we got 200,000 deaths. Right. And and it's all induced. <laughs> yeah, it's our fault. <laughs> it's our fault. Oh, so, man. So we have to be. That's why people don't get it. Yeah, that's why you have to step back and why people have said we have to study it, we have to study it. And we're trying. We're still giving stuff. Oh, we're sure. still giving therapies. Uh, but we have to, at some point, we, we can take a breath and look back and say, okay, this really did work. This right. seems like it worked. And there's a lot of people, every major hospital or especially schooling hospital, they're mm-hmm. all investing energy and time into it. But we specifically in this shreveport Bozier area, LSU, they're, they're putting a lot of into this. Yes. we. Um, You've switched from all the other stuff into primarily just this, correct? Right. We um, basically suspended all of our other clinical trials so that everyone, all hands on deck, can start, you know, addressing this problem. And so we have a COVID uh, study group. We uh, have phone calls twice a week, and we're basically holding each other accountable. Right. You know, how's your research going? How's this going? And uh, so I'm very proud of our institution and very proud of uh, and appreciative of the administration that has given us the green light. And have funded a lot of this themselves. Yeah, that's what I was telling and, you. This is why I think people don't get this, and this is so important, is we got men and women busting their tail to figure it out instead of just all the politics mm-hmm. or the right or the left. or the. They're just going, no, this is life and death, right. and we're putting our energy and our effort to save someone's life. Yeah. And our backing, because we you're not funded yet. I mean, it's still. I mean, there's partially funded, but I'm yeah. saying it's you're the the hospital and this world, they're putting money to it because they're going. This is a big deal. Yeah, it's bigger than flu. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's bigger than anything. Right. And, it, and you know the the other thing uh, that I can't just give enough handout to is the frontline workers. Oh yeah. I mean, you know the nurses that are there. You know, I can walk in round. I can you know clean up, go right. down, and get a cup of coffee. They can't. You know, they're in there. We we bring them food, bring them water, um, but that's amazing too. So we have the research side, but the care side is oh, yeah. unbelievable, um, and it is frustrating when you someone says, you know, oh, it's blown out of proportion. You might want to round with me one day before you say that. You know <laughs> exactly. And oh, it's not as big a deal. Well, you know, when you zip up a canvas bag over someone's face, that's a mom, a dad, a brother, sister. It kind of changes your attitude. And so. that's why I'm thankful you're here because when he called, I was like, Keith, you got to come because I'll give you a great example. So the church, our church, we decided to go, let's press the pause button trying to get everybody back together. Mm-hmm. Let's be a little more safe, a little bit more proactive in going, what benefit does that do other than, you know, make some people go, that's right, we did it. When I'm going, but if I cause someone harm or it is – has an adverse effect that we're not aware of. I'd rather press the pause button and slow down and come up with other ways because it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I, someone uh, said it the best uh, about turning everything back on. Right. Was, one, we only want to open once. And yeah. if you look at uh, Iran had to reshut down, Lebanon had to reshut down, southern France had to reshut down because they saw these spikes. Right. Immediately once they opened up. And so um, – we only want to open up once and do it right, and it should not be a light switch. It right. should be a dimmer switch. Right. And and you got to turn it on slow. If not, we're going to have the second wave. They're already predicting the second wave in August. Yeah. It's uh, just statistically and epidemiologically, but it could be much sooner. Yeah, and, and that's my point, and this is the reason I keep coming back to this part, is 
None of us know, but the smartest doctors and nurses and research people are going, here's what we're telling you. We can mm-hmm. read data. Mm-hmm. We can look at the statistics and tell mm-hmm. you now they could be wrong. It could be slightly this way or that way, but we do have a rough idea of what's going to happen. I've talked to a couple of other doctors locally, and they're going, what will make the fall challenging? And I'd love to get your opinion on this because we don't know, but a normal flu case and a COVID case, when they come in, and we know flu always ramps up, so that's mm-hmm. going to happen again. Right. So they'll and we'll have shots and they'll do whatever, but it's confusing to diagnose, and it's complicated based on the procedures that are in place to to protect or to work right. through. So for a first line, uh, front line nurse and doctor in a regular hospital or a doctor's office, they're going. It's confusing. I don't know if Keith's got flu or if he's got COVID. Right. We got to treat everything like COVID because of the negative effects. Right. Correct. Right. Because very early in the disease. <clears throat> they they can just look the same. I mean, a fever right. and body aches. And uh, the problem is one is in certain people is progressively lethal and other people, they don't even get a sniffle. Yeah, it's That's so what weird. makes it so bizarre and so hard to also manage, which is why, you know, tracing is so important so that we can try to figure out where are our hot spots, where can we, where are we seeing it? Right. Where, not to discriminate against anyone, but just to say, okay, you know, Rustin, you're a hot spot. You got to stay closed. I'm right. sorry. Sure. You know, and uh, but Monroe, you look okay. You know, start easing right. up. And until we've had enough testing, that's hard to do. And it is complicated yeah. because, once again, even in the hot spots like right now, I, you don't hear as much about it. Number one, already it's kind of mm-hmm. everybody's kind of going all right, and it's switched to open, 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 open. Forget what's happened. Now, I understand that because there is a business side of it, and there is different people going, dude, we got to survive, and right. yada, yada, yada. But from the medical side, which that's you're here, you're here to represent, there's wisdom in, like you said, turning the dimmer switch slow mm-hmm. <laughs> based on the fact that we don't know exactly what's going to happen, and that's not a joke. That's not a joke. I mean, think of the the rapidity of our, how this spread from China and Wuhan, China, through Europe, through the United States in three months. And what what's the infections rate up to now? I know that, I don't that even know. you know, 5 million, yeah. um, you know, almost 280,000 deaths, you know, in, in three months. I mean, that's, that's what's made this so difficult to study because we're having to do everything on the fly. Right. And um, that's, you know, when people say, well, you know, this expert's been wrong, that expert's been wrong. Well, you know, a lot of people were wrong about this. You know, it's a hoax. It's nothing. It's, you know, it's right. silly. We're making a big deal out of nothing. No, you know, like I said, you think that, come work with me one day and you'll yeah, see you'll how see it's it. nothing. Um, so it's, uh, we just have to regroup a little bit and just say, let's just be wise about it. And I, I think our governor has done a very good job yeah. of, mm-hmm. of making it uh, stepwise. And he brought in a lot of people to say, okay, let's do this sure. in a in, you know, business people and science right. people, and say there is a there is a way we can but, make yeah, this sure. work. And so I, I I like what we're doing. I wish I saw more people with masks. Right. Um, because we're still not out of that uh, stage. I mean, we get three or four patients a day still. Um, so See, that's something you don't really hear. Yeah. Either. And so you know, you're. I've had. I wear my mask. Yeah. <laughs> But, he does. Yeah, I, and I do too. And um, 
I had a guy, I was in line and I was standing pretty far back from him. Actually, I was just daydreaming. I was trying to stay six right. feet, but I it went to like 12 feet. He turned to me and he said, dude, you're not going to catch something for me. And I couldn't help myself. I said, I'm a healthcare worker. I work in the COVID ICU. I'm protecting you. Then he's like, uh, yeah, step away. Yeah. Yeah. Then he was like, okay, you're good. You're good. Wow. But I mean, and that's what they don't understand. You know, you're not only protecting yourself, but you're also protecting your fellow man. Sure. Um, because you don't know because so many people, we know it can shed it when you're asymptomatic. Sure. And so it's just, it's not that big of a deal to put on a mask if you're in a crowded right. area. And, you know, outdoor you know, uh, restaurants and, and spacing tables, I think, is great because right. it doesn't disperse a lot. Right. And it's not uh, it's not going to travel 20 feet. Right. And so I think it's okay to do that. I right. think it's okay people go out and, uh, you know, go back to restaurants sure. and, and go shopping. But if you're going to go to Lowe's, you're going to go to Target, wear a mask because right. you can't stay six feet. You're in line or, right. you know, or some people just crossing in an aisle. Um, and now some people, so let's talk about that for a second, Keith, because some of the, the the pushback on the other side is, because I've had some medical uh, medical personnel go, well, it's, you know, it's here or there. But the truth is, it's just the only tool, not the only tool, a major tool we have in slowing the spread down or preventing sure. it. So why would you not, correct? Yeah, yeah, and they just did a study that was just published last week where they took standard surgical masks, not the N95, just a standard surgical mask. All right. Um, and it will stop 90% of flu and 90% of COVID or coronavirus. Yeah. So, I mean, just a simple mask. Right. So uh, it's so it's not, you know, you don't need an N95 or right. a respirator or right. anything, just a simple mask. So what about mine that's the homemade cloth? If long as it's dense cloth. Uh, it's pretty dense. It gets pretty yeah. warm in there. I'm going to be honest <laughs> Yeah. Yes. As long as it's dense. It, it fogs up my glasses yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, really, other than obviously hand sanitizing, washing your hands, and there's still so much research going on there. Now I heard recently that it doesn't live on surfaces very long. And I've heard mixed reports on that, but yeah. I'm going, well, I mean, they don't know, but they're well, going. It's it's funny because they found it, at, like, it lasts longer on metal than it does on wood. And, and right. so... I, I think we're just again still so early into trying to figure this out. And if you look at the, like the medical journals, you know we're reporting five six cases, which would never make a medical journal when you're just saying, right. "I saw this, I saw this." But that's where we're having to do it now, because what it is, someone saying, "Hey, I saw this. This was weird, but this looked like it really helped." And then I read it and say, "Well, okay, well let me try that. Let me try that. Let me. That sounds good. That looks like something we can do." And that's not the way you should do medicine, right? but that's the way we're forced to do medicine. And that's why people hear mixed signals or unanswered questions. It's not because lack of trying or there's a conspiracy or any of right. that. It's just we're doing this on the fly, and you can't not do good medicine on the fly. Right. You need to plan a, a trial, first make sure it's safe, then make sure it's effective, and then right. make sure it actually, down long term, does what you want it to do. And that's why... You know, we're doing things rapidly, and we're just going to have to be as careful as we can. Yeah, and there's two sides of that. There's the research side, and then there's the treatment side. Mm-hmm. So you're having to do both at the same time, which is complicated. Yes, and so we're trying to marry a lot of the what we do clinically with research. And right. So a lot of this we're going to 
do a lot of stuff and we'll retrospectively look back and just say, okay, let's look at 100 patients and then let's try to tease it out, you know, and use modeling and things to say, okay, this really did seem to work and that did seem to work. So do you think that, mm-hmm. and I don't know if this is accurate or not, that, that has weather, because that's one thing, the heat and all that stuff, do you think it's going to be like the flu that will continue to kind of keep it down? But when we get to fall, do you think you'll see, I mean, theorizing or based on what you've read, does that appear to be what their theory is? I I don't know if we know. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is going to be confusing because we're also opening up in the summer. Right. So if there's a resurgence, then you do you say, oh, well, it's not weather dependent. Or was it resurgence because we decided we're going to have baseball games again? So, you know. There's um, a lot of debate on it. Right. And so it's going to be confusing. And like I tell everyone, we're not going to figure this out till the winter when we can have time where we can take a breath away from the clinical side and, and look at the research side and say, um, you know, this worked, that did not work. This is a good idea, this is a bad idea. And that's why we're encouraged about the nitric oxide. One good thing about it is it's already FDA approved. It's been around for a long time. Almost any hospital of any size has it available. So if it does work, we can start using it right away. We don't have to go through a regulatory process or any of that. Just, Pretty big. Yeah. So that's why we're excited about that. And, and the fact that with two good analysis, it's safe. And so basically what they're doing with that, though, is just like you have forced oxygen. They're mm-hmm. forcing with oxygen a blend of nitrous, nitrous oxide. oxide right. Yeah, I was wondering, I guess you just put on a mask? It's, a, it's a, like a CPAP mask that people wear at night. And it's a big, long contraption because we have to monitor the amount of nitric oxide and one of the side effects is you can with oxygen you can generate nitrous dioxide which could drive your oxygen lower so you have to Balance make sure it. you don't give that and give enough nitric so it's uh it's quite a contraption it 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 almost embarrassing to show people because it looks so cheap <laughs> but well i've seen a lot of hey, if it works it works it works i've seen a lot of people doing some crazy stuff Them guys were making masks and helmets yeah, and, and in fact, when the guys came from Mass General to kind of help us put this together, uh, I said, you know, you're in Louisiana. There's got to be duct tape somewhere. We're getting <laughs> duct tape somewhere on this thing. <laughs> That's funny right there. But it's working to it a is, degree. It is working. And another one that we're hoping to do, uh, but Mass General is already doing, is healthcare workers, when they leave, get five to ten minutes of breathing the nitric oxide to see if it helped prevent them from acquiring it. Uh, so, so, dude, this is why you love America. I kind of want to tank at my house. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) But this is why you love, I mean, because you're figuring stuff out. And what's interesting to me is the worst of times brings out the most innovation and the most, you know, creativity. And and we're going to figure it out. So then we'll learn from it that many times it's hard to see that in the midst of it. And if you look back, you know, not that this is close to it, but if you look at the scare of of AIDS and Mm -hmm. HIV, that was an all hands on deck. I mean, the oh, yeah. National Institute of Health said we're commit, we're opening a branch on this. We're going to commit, you know, many many resources. And now HIV is, you know, it's almost a chronic disease now. Yeah, it's almost it's like true. diabetes. And oh, and I remember uh, people. You, you have to be old to remember this. You, yeah. you kind of don't even act like you kind of remember. I remember. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I was born. Right at the beginning of the height. Mm-hmm. But I'm going back to for the uh, – I remember thinking this was it. That disease was – you weren't going to be able to rec- – it was yeah. going to – and now you're fast forward. You're right. They're, they're able to 
Yeah, and, a friend and of we're seeing cures, and we're seeing yeah. yes, a friend of mine's mother has lived twenty years now with it. Yeah, right. And so. when I first started, um, you know, it was I was in New York training, and it was the height of the HIV, and it was just horrible. I mean, you, we just there's no way we're going to get a, a treatment for right. this. And then, you know, slowly, surely figured it out. And I think the way Corona hit us so hard. That it's even more of an all hands on deck now. With oh this. yeah, and, and I think that the, I mean, like you said, they're not similar, but yet are similar. But is that this is just airborne? Like that yeah. was a sexually transmitted disease, right. so it's kind of like, oh, they're the bad people, or this is yeah. where you well, can kind of isolate. Risk. Yeah, yeah. But now it's like that's what's so crazy is. Yeah. But it, it took even with it being a smaller, it took a lot of people, a lot of money, and a lot of effort to figure that out, yeah. and a lot of time. Yeah. And here we are in COVID going, it's affecting way more people, and we don't know how and how complicated it is. It's why it's a little... Yeah, and it's the time. I mean, the only thing we've seen close to this is the Spanish flu, 1918, 1919, which killed about 25 million people in a year and a half. That's rough. That's a lot of people. Yeah, and a lot of it was they got pneumonias, and they didn't have ventilators, and they didn't have antibiotics and all of that. So there's a lot of reasons why it was so lethal. But again, this could have been that much oh, yeah. of a of a burden and so we're you know five million people that got it or tested for it so far even though 250,000 have died I worry about that four and a half million that are left that have it and what are this what is this going to cause a year from now two sure. years from now three years from now which is going to be another health I oh, think yeah. it's going to be another big health issue that we're going to and that's one thing we've started also at uh, LSU was a post-COVID clinic so in fact starts tomorrow so if you've had it you can go and they'll closely monitor your heart your blood vessel your clotting uh kidney function yeah because they don't know because we just don't know but we're setting up this clinic so that we can uh, very tightly follow people that have had it and then probably have some studies doing you know dealing with that and we actually have some in the planning for people that are recovering uh, because you know with this clotting disorder we don't exactly know what any coagulant to give them, and then we don't know for how long. Do you do it for a month, six months, a year, forever? So See, that's what happened. With, yeah, that's happen. what happened with Stewart. Well, and there's a guy in, in New York right now, the uh, the uh, Broadway actor, who yes. lost his leg, and mm-hmm. then they're still. But Stewart, was, they thought he was. They put in that basket. I, I, you know, I just remember from other heart right. procedures and other things. They have a, a, a. I don't know how you do that, but I guess it's through. Uh, whatever that little thing is that you stick through your vein to put yeah. in the basket that catches clots and all this. Right. But I'm going, that COVID is causing all of these mm-hmm. other things. That's what makes it extremely complicated. Yeah, and that's why... For certain people and then nothing for others. And that's... We were hoping it's nothing for others. And but you don't know. Well, and that's what we're... That's why we set up the clinic um, was so that we can follow people. Take right. the people that got a little sick from it. I think if you're asymptomatic, you're probably you're just blessed and right. you're just not going to get it and your immune system behaved the way it was supposed to. But if it didn't, um, you know, you're something you're going to have to follow up for a long time. So we got to follow up on you. Well, I'm, I'm <laughs> See, getting, I got I'm, none, I, by the way, I'm getting followed up. I, my wife and my daughter are nurses, so you don't yeah, think I ain't getting Sam, followed up. <laughs> I don't think you knew Sam. She was, but she grew up in the student mystery. Back by the, the way, I think I'm going to have to have a clonopin now. 
<laughs> well, I'm, you, you're I'm good. nervous now. Yeah. I'm sweating over here. Well, it's a little warm. The air just I have a little like my my chest is a little tight. <laughs> oh come on, man! He's just walking through things. He's trying I, to tell I, you what's I, happening. I, I'm off service. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Well, because I'm a little bit higher risk. Yeah. Because uh, I'm I'm a bigger person. Yeah, but uh, but slow. Let's go down that road for a second, though. But let's let's talk mm-hmm. about that for a second. But it's true that. Ninety-eight point nine percent of people. What are the statistics of that? They it doesn't affect them, or that they survive at this level that are are good. Uh, and I, you know, it's still heard a lot. still the majority. Yeah, you know, are asymptomatic. I don't know if we know a number yet. Yeah. Um, but a majority are asymptomatic, um, which is the scary part because they're still transmitting for seven to ten days. Right. Um, just because they didn't get sick doesn't mean you're not shedding the virus. Right. Or you sneeze twice and you think, oh, allergies. <laughs> and there it goes. And there it is. And I so, sneezed today. Yeah. <laughs> no, see, the problem is him, Keith, though. He's going to get in his head now oh, after this. Oh, I know. And he's going to be, well, he'll be okay. down again. I, I have medication. I'm on, <laughs> okay, I'm on all right. medication. <laughs> Thank God. We'll get you some psychotherapy. I had, I had some, yeah, I had some very high anxiety about a month ago. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm now with my doctor, Doctor Milligan, Jason yeah. Milligan. She's out. trying to help you out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm good. Well, I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> he said I'm. A, he's not going to lie. He's yeah. keeping it straight. But I do have a question. Yes, because yeah, I'm yeah. sure this is what people want to know, and me in particular. So let's say I well not let's say I haven't had it that I know of. So what's the best way to protect myself out in the general public? It's still a mask. It's still a mask and social distancing until we know that this thing goes away. And, and is a vaccine going to cure this thing? Does a vaccine cure flu? Uh, so a lot of weight and a lot of hope is put on a vaccine. And we hope it works like smallpox or polio and is effective. But, you know, flu, you know, once it gets around the world, it mutates several times. So by the time it comes back, you know, is the vaccine effective? Because think about the vaccine maker. He's got to guess what the flu is going to do so he can make enough vaccine to get it out there to everybody by the time flu hits. But you don't know what the flu is until it gets here. So you're guessing, which is why you get the polyvalent, you know, it hits these six different, five different kinds of flu. Right. Uh, that's because that's developed because all these mutations that happen. So is COVID going to do that? It's probably not as mutation uh, sensitive as flu, but I think we're going to have to see what happens. That's why you socially distance. You be safe. Wash your hands. Yeah. I heard to the end, and again, Keith's here. He'll know better than me. But they say washing your hands and sanitizing and wearing a mask eliminates your risk at a higher rate than anything else they've seen. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but they're just saying that you got to keep doing the same mm-hmm. things. Where some people are like, ah, it's not that big a deal anymore, which it'll flare back up. Right, and I think, you know. We, we care about our community. We care about the people Absolutely. in our community. And I think it's the least you can do for your fellow man is is to put a thing of hand sanitizer in your car. You know, when you go in the store, squirt some. When you get out of the store, squirt that's some. Right. And wear a mask. Uh, it's I, I think that's the least we can do until we know that this thing is controlled. Absolutely. So you got any other questions for the guru over here? This is a guru. Keith is the guru. <laughs> I'm a guru. Well, because there is, so like this Saturday, 
I'm going. Uh, I like this. That like, what do you want him to get? Do you want him to walk around with you? I kind of do. <laughs> you want him? To, he's not I going want, on I trips want a bottle with you, of Scott. nitric acid. And nitric acid? Nitric, no, that would be bad. <laughs> nitric oxide. Yeah, nitric oxide. Nitric acid would be bad. I would, yeah, that no. would be painful. Boy, I don't even want to think about that. That gave me anxiety just thinking about it. Go ahead. Sorry, anxiety, sorry. Really. But like, all right. So like, I'm going, or I'm supposed to be going uh, canoeing this weekend in Arkansas. Outside. Good. Outside. Good event. Is there any way, do I need to do anything special for that? No, and I, I encourage, um, one of the things that I didn't like was the parks closed. Right. Because I think one of the things that you could do is social distance outside. You know, you can have a picnic. Yep. It's not that hard. We're sitting six feet right, away. Right, You know, you can still have a great conversation. You can still, and outside, it, it's almost, it's horribly difficult to spread it if you stay that distance and you're outside. Inside, it's it's a little less because of, you know, you're not going to have wind and you're not going to have, you know, different things sure. that can inhibit it. So I think, you know, and I've encouraged people, go backpacking, go canoeing. Get you know, outside. Go to the park, you know, take up running. I won't, but some people can't. <laughs> yeah. Me and, me and Keith are really good at eating. Yeah, that's our yeah, problem. That's our we problem. need a strong. Oh, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> well, I'm just saying you fit in the club. Well, I am, I am exercising more now than I ever have just because – this was a wake-up call for me just for my own health. Right. So now I'm trying to be more active because I don't want to be one of those people mm-hmm. that gets sick, ends up in the hospital, and gets, you know has a really tough time with it or even might even die, which I know my chances are low. But still, though, you know, I'm trying to get healthier just personally because yeah. I don't want to be that person. And we've seen a lot of that, too, um, you know, just from people talking to people across the country. A lot of people are doing that saying, you know, this, is, this has been good for us, good for our family, sure. this stay-home time. and. And I am exercising more, and I am feeling a little better. I'm cooking more at home. I'm cooking better. I'm not stopping at McDonald's. You know, I'm getting go waiter from a good restaurant. Right. And so, it's going to change us quite a bit. And it's I don't think it's for the worst. No, I definitely think it's changed us. Yeah. There ain't no doubt. No, it is for me personally. It's I would like to say COVID saved my life. Yeah. We could go into that. Yeah. Do you went into your last podcast though? Yeah, I can. You? Yeah, yeah, I went into it. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, th- I think a lot of people are feeling that, and uh, you know. For myself, it's a missed bullet. Yeah, you know, it grazed me, but it sure, certainly didn't kill me, and right. it didn't hurt me bad. Um, hurt, you know, I lost about fifteen pounds. It's not a diet I would recommend, but <laughs> you, yeah, you were he was they were down, man. Yeah, for a I was while. down. Now, do you see that currently? Obviously, the numbers have flattened out, mm-hmm. and they're not as many. So, and we won't know until we get further into the the fall. But do you, in your mind, if you were guessing right now, you would say it's going to increase or it's going to stay the same? I I think we will see a flattening out because I think enough people have done the right thing for enough time and we're still social distancing pretty well. I mean, you walk into almost any store, there's tape on the floor. Um, I think they're being responsible. You you see, you know, waitress people wearing masks. Yep. And so I do think it's going to fall. I think once people start getting complacent yeah, and start, you know, getting back together and doing what we still want to do, and hopefully one sure. day we can, we're going to see a resurgence, of yeah. course. Um, so let's talk church in that then, because we chose not to meet, and we've chosen to wait for public mm-hmm. gatherings of a large size. That's not popular for some. No. <laughs> it's, we, don't re- uh, we don't really care about that. Yeah. I mean... I'm not trying to be ugly to those, but we really don't. We're trying to be innovative at a time of crisis, 
to still be able to meet the needs that we believe the church can right. meet, which is, again, community, uh, serving people, worshiping God, mm-hmm. but different right. than what people may have grown up with or what they're accustomed to. But that this limited amount of time, taking the pause or pressing the brake and giving it some space, we believe is the best and smartest and wisest thing to do. But in that, when we go back, whenever that is, you would suggest and you would say it's not even suggestion because the churches and the CDC and all of that, I mean, I'm not going to get into the politics right. of everything. But everybody was, oh, we have the right, and this don't. It's not about the right or the not right. The problem is, is that when you get back in those environments, if you don't keep your guidelines, like for us, it's children. Mm-hmm. I told them, if you think we're smart enough to know how to keep children socially distanced in a church environment, we're not. No. So until time has given us a little bit of a learning curve, and we can experiment in small, safer sizes then we'll be maybe right. there. So there will be some experiments as we're going through that, but that's what we're trying to do is go, okay, what's the safest? So hand sanitizer machines coming in and making sure that we have plenty of those. Right. That's some of the things we're waiting on, making sure mask or no mask. We're going, no, we probably, we need to, we know that our people need to do mm-hmm. them, but is it required or not inside the building? We're going probably so, even though you're six this, but they're saying in churches, it's not, I'm going, You probably should. I mean, come on. That would be silly. Why would you do it in one and not in the other? So all of those discussions are going on. So looking to the church, what advice do you have? And and again, decisions have not been fully made. We're just talking. Yeah, it's, it's, again, the dimmer switch. Yeah. I think turning the light on and just saying, okay, everything's back to normal. Go back to what you were doing. It's your right. It's your freedom. Well, you know, it is, that's your freedom what responsibility do you have for your fellow man? Yeah. And as a church, I think we should have a lot more <laughs> concern we should be. about our fellow man. And I think the, the respectful thing to do is, like you said, hand sanitizer, we walk in, walk in with a mask. Um, if you're six feet apart and you're, an open, so, yeah. you know, and you're in an open environment, like down at the river right. walk or something, right. I think you could go without mask and sure. just have distance. But if you're in a building, I think mask is yeah. just not... Like I said, it just doesn't seem like that much to do sure. to help, you know, your fellow man. And you can get some good-looking ones, you know, oh, yeah. get some what funky about a, ones. All right, so here's a good question because this is – well, this is one of my other – oh, there's a lot of debate on this. Somebody's actually – we've seen some customization and different things people are doing. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I want one that says I'm single. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you can put your number out on podcast. That's how you get digits, son. So the other part is a face shield. Do you think that's as effective as a mask? Because there was some debate here. Okay, so mm-hmm. I got friends in Dallas. They opened their church back up. They were one of the first in Texas to do so. So I call them. I'm like, hey, dude, what was good? Mm-hmm. What was bad? What was ugly? And they're a big church. We're talking mm-hmm. thousands and thousands, like tens of thousands that right. go to this church. He goes, it sucked. Everything sucked. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, dude, it was just complicated. Because, number one, they did the right thing. They went above and beyond. They said, if Lowe's and Home Depot can do it, we're going to do it better than them. Mm-hmm. So we're going to try to, and so they had uh, every other car parking spot. They had signs that you had to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down once you read, have you had fever? They made sure yeah. every car that pulled in was like, is this you? Are you up or are you down? So they had great mm-hmm. procedures in place. Mask, obviously. 
uh, separated massacre. Ninety, he said, ninety-eight point nine, ninety-nine percent of the people wore a mask in the service. That's awesome. They separated six feet, but he goes, but dude, nobody came back. They're not ready to come back. Mm-hmm. So he said, so we're going through all of this hoopla and we're trying to figure all this out. He goes, but one of the biggest things was you can't tell what people's responses are po- like. When their face is covered, you don't know if they're happy, mad, mm-hmm. talking. You everything's muted. Everything's going on. So then I said, "Well, did you ever did you ever think shields? Because this was not public. We were mm-hmm. just talking." I said, "Well, what about like a face shield?" He goes, "Dude, we didn't think about it. We kind of went with our mask." But I'm now I got you. I'm going. You know, if you have the full shield, is that better? Or I mean, not better. Is it sufficient or not sufficient? I, it's better than nothing. But it's not I as good as a mask. I don't think as good as a mask. Okay. Um, but. You know, we do both. If when we go in a room, we put a face shield on and a mask, yeah, and an N95 and a mask over an N95, or we wear a respirator. <laughs> so yeah, you're you being know, double, but, triple. But, you know, it's so we we take all the precautions. I think a mask is probably the easiest. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's, but we've again we just don't really know yet. Yeah, and it's going to take us till we start opening up. And fortunately, some states have opened up before us and. You know, we we get a little of a intel intel and say you know what worked, what didn't work, and uh, what I hate to have happen, I want to have happen is that it disappears. What I hate to have happen is we think it disappears, and then like you said, we let our guard down. It raises up, and then it raises up, and we don't know what it's going to come back like. Um, True. So, because we don't know if the antibodies that you get actually give you immunity. They think, but they don't know. We don't know. And if it does, does it for how long? Right. I mean, maybe it's six months. Maybe it's 15 years. Right. We just don't know yet. So <laughs> That's what's, when you start <clears throat> thinking about all that, that's what's interesting. Yeah. So. Now, the other side of, we had a church in town. I don't, have we ever confirmed this? Is it confirmed? It that, is confirmed. So a church in town, they went ahead, we're, we're going for it, and four or five of their staff members got it and they shut it down. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I could. Well, you know, the scary part, too, um, we have one of our research physicians has gone to nursing homes and tested. And Shh, Nursing homes are like a petri. Well, it was, I think, in one nursing home, it was every staff member and like 50% of the uh, yeah. residents. And, I mean, that's and that's wow. just a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. So wow. no, I, I'm telling you, if you talk about your anxiety, yes. avoid Granny's home. Yeah, because oh well, yeah. My my grandparents in a nursing home in Dallas, and you can't get within yeah. no. But yards see, but the it. workers are still going out and coming in. That's how right. they're getting it, correct? It would right. have to be that it's from the employees because there's not a lot of in and out of anything else. Well, we you know, but you know, if you think about an employee like that, they get lax. They go home. They give it to their spouse or their mother right. or aunt. Because they're lax, and that's what we don't want to mimic, you know, is oh, yeah. stay safe until we really know we have this under control. And do you predict that that will be a year from today? I I, I know we're look, we're yeah, not you're not Nostradamus. Yeah, I, mean, I understand you're not. Crystal look. ball, crystal ball is kind of <laughs> tough, but he's. But a, I mean, you think a, a year from now we're obviously going to know more? Oh yeah. Well, like I said, I think by this winter we will have enough information to make better decisions. Uh, we can make just our give advice better because we have more information. We can track this yeah. thing. I mean, like I said, we're sequencing the virus at LSU and our uh, emerging viral threat lab. And we're getting where we're starting to understand this virus more and, right. you know, can track it and can 
like I said, they've gotten it down to a couple of places where it started in Louisiana. They're able to track that well. So that's pretty cool. And so we're learning this every day. Every day we're we have more and more information. And so once, like I said, we can just relax a little bit. Yeah. We can start putting all this together and come up with a very strategic smart plan for everybody I, I do have one question see but hey are you did we did i bring in number one guest <laughs> yes this i'm, is I'm like, encouraged this i mean i'm joking around this is next level though mm-hmm. yeah, you I, went dr keith scott he came yeah. in and said i'm dropping knowledge on you son i like it i mean it, it encourages me <laughs> it to is. hear from a professional because i i cut all the news out or whatever because it's just too confusing yeah. but i mean that information is very encouraging for me personally because i do and and did have a lot of anxiety because of this. Absolutely. And this gives me a lot more hope than anything. I mean, I joked around that it, you know I'm gonna need to climb up, but honestly, really, <laughs> yeah, it's given me a lot of hope. But I do want to go back to something because you use a lot of big scientific words, which are kind of cool. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> but he's uh, a doctor, man. Yeah, well, I you know. don't play one no, on TV. No, he's, and he's like the smartest guy I've ever Inn. met. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I said Holiday Inn Express. Yeah, you oh, did yeah. say Holiday Inn. Go but ahead. when you you. You said sequencing the virus. What does that mean? Well, you can, you can basically take it apart and see how it's put together and see the RNA and the proteins that make up a virus. Because a virus, when it attaches to your cell, it uses your own cell to replicate. It doesn't replicate itself. You have The virus gets into your cell, and your cell starts making more virus, and then it spits it out. Uh, so and if you have a good immune system, it's stopping that hopefully Hopefully so what i'm saying is yeah Yeah. so like if i mean that's why they're trying to figure it out so i'm just adding that in like like i know yeah Yeah. just so you know scott by the way i I I mean picture you i picture you with tweezers pulling this i know it's not but still though that's what i got this is this is some very very brilliant virologists there that are able to just take it apart and study it and and learn more about its its character so can i add something in here okay so if you like that how many times have I told you to watch 60 Minutes? You tell everybody to watch okay, 60 so Minutes. Okay, so on 60 Minutes, two weeks ago, because last week they didn't do an episode, the main virologist in Wuhan, who is an American, was on the show explaining what Keith talked about and why we cut their funding and he can't do it anymore. Yeah. That's and awesome. so he's going, I appreciate that, because it got political and everybody was fighting over this, that, and the other, and he's just like going... Dude, I'm not on either side. I'm just trying to tell you when you take my money, I can't tell you what bat gave it to you or what fish yeah. or if it's airborne. I just got to have the money to be able to figure it out. Now, I know politically you may be right or left. I'm not saying that. I'm going, he's telling you we have people in this community that are spending their life dissecting, investigating, trying to figure these things out. Mm-hmm. And without these men and women, me and you, and I could cuss there, but I'll gear that down, are in a lot of trouble. That was almost the second time I've cussed on the podcast. Keith, you know I have a cussing problem. I know, so, I know. I've so, heard that. Yeah, so I had to gear it down occasionally. But this is why it's a big deal to me. It's like, I'm thank God for these men and women. Yeah, yeah. and I didn't, and I personally didn't know that this was going on locally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had yeah. no idea. And I, I, I brag um, a lot of, about our COVID uh, research team because they are so dedicated and they're putting so much time they and are. effort in. Um, and we are on the forefront. We are not, you know, uh, doing what else anyone else is doing. We're we're the forefront of the forefront, and that's why we partner with now. Harvard, Mass General, and all of that. So I'm very proud of very proud of the the group. Yeah, and that's treatment you. and research. Yes. Thank you. 
by the way. Yeah, so is there anything, and we'll, I'm, it's probably, oh yeah, we're way over well, time. We, we, we're in an hour and three minutes. Oh, we did good then. All right, so here's my question. Is there anything, now, and I've asked you this before, and you've been kind. Mm-hmm. He's my conne- uh, connection. When we deliver do-good boxes to all the children's wing and all that, he's that, or or we're trying to give them uh, bears or, you know, fill their closets when they got their budget cuts. We were trying to be a part of solving those problems. Is there anything we, the listeners, the church, can do we, we went and prayed over the – and I'm not belittling mm-hmm. that or saying that's not important. Obviously, prayer is important. And I know now it's not as, you know, whatever, cool but cool or, you know, whatever to do. I'm just saying, what is it that would really meet a need or solve a problem for them? And what is it do you think we could be doing? Obviously, we're going to pray. But is there mm-hmm. – you go, man, you know, obviously we'll wear a mask. We'll, right. we'll try to do the things – that uh, and this is the reason I say this, um, and this is a sidebar. On a New York nurse went viral because they said we appreciate you banging the pots and pans because at seven o'clock every night the city mm-hmm. goes out and do it. He goes, just put a mask on and save the pot for somebody else. <laughs> S- save banging on the pan yeah. because he was going. I appreciate that, but if you oh we love you, we support you, and then you go out and go. I'm just gonna do what I want to do. Then all of that don't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, and that's, and I think the thing to do, the main thing that healthcare workers do, um, and I know appreciate is, they do feel appreciated. Yes. And, you know, we've not always been appreciated. Sure. Yeah, yeah you, you know, you appreciate, but I think seriously appreciate yep. the risk that you put yourself and your family through to sure. do your job. Uh, I think it's just supporting them and, and doing the respectful thing to them and saying yeah. I didn't work all day, so you can, go out and. And, you know, and hug friends in a pool, right? You know, uh, yeah, we saw that on the. Yeah. If you didn't see the news, that yeah. you don't watch the news, but it's Ozark. It was a, kind yeah. of a breaking news. To that see. was no, no. I saw a, a headline about it. Three thousand people. Or something I don't know. Like they yeah. just lost their mind. But I mean, it's it is disrespectful in a way. Yeah. Because here's people that are really risking it, and you know, we have some nurses that for the first couple of months didn't even go home with their children. You know, they just yeah. So they're separate. missing their family, and you don't care. You do yeah, what you, you want. Yeah, you do what you want. So, I think that's the best thing you can do for us. And then, you know, support the university yeah. here that is, like I said, just uh, doing things at, as fast as we can. And I think it's a great group. So the more support that you show for LSU and in the Health Science Center here yeah. in Shreveport is is also something that's very appreciated. Is there anything specifically, I mean, like meals, um, uh, notes, cards, letters, I, banners, something that they'd be reminded? Now, again, I'm not put, I'm putting you yeah. on the spot because we didn't talk about this, but if you think of that, people ask me, that's who we are, it's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. So if you go, man, they need, that would be good. If it was coffee once a week from Starbucks and we – because people – yeah. I mean, you go, dude, we're going to do it. It doesn't matter if you go – and I saw they have the trailer – they, they y'all brought in extra equipment and mm-hmm. things to stage everybody. So if there's something you think of, dude, it'd be our privilege, my well, friend, I to will, do I whatever. I will ask around. Yeah, uh, and it and doesn't have to be. We don't have to have any hubbub to it. It's just a right. matter of going. Man, that would really be a yeah. encouraging thing. And a lot of it is just like the meals were just godsends. Oh to yeah. Get it. And this morning, Southern made donuts. Hey, Amen. But I got to tell you a story. I'm so used to wearing a mask now. I went and grabbed a donut. Whip. <laughs> I, I did see. I did. Right. I did see a guy that had a zipper on his mask. Yeah, I should have gotten. Yeah, zipper, they were like. I saw one where a guy had a thing. It was connected. I don't know why you would ever wear this. Yeah. But he literally, it's on his left hand, and he presses a button, and it opens the mask up. He takes a bite of food, 
and then let's go. Well, doctors need that. That's technology. Well, but it it, <laughs> it was watching him do it. It would barely open, and the food would hit the mask. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm not for yeah, it. It was uh, not not good. Uh, stick with the milkshake if you want to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's the truth. Well, that's wild, though, dude. We, I mean, anything else you want to say before we get out of no, here? No, I appreciate giving me the time. And, uh, and oh, we're going to, hey, we're going to tell and, people about it. Yeah, so it's, uh, like I said, it's an honor and, uh, you know, love the church and always oh, have. And oh, we're so thankful, man. want to, uh, you know, like I said, anything I can do to help the church. Oh, you helped, yeah. you helped us a lot. You gave us we'll information. We'll have to have you back in like a couple of months to see. Oh, yeah, maybe around. a month. Who knows? Maybe not yeah. even that long. We'll say, You're what's the, the smartest man we've ever had. <laughs> There's no doubt <laughs> oh, about that. Oh, my gosh, that. You, You've had some doozies then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. We're, <laughs> well, the truth is, is you really are one of our local heroes. Because beyond COVID, and I've said this before, you've had a heart to serve and give. And it is a tough, tough world. If you're at LSU, people give it a hard time. And me and you are talking about it. It's one of the best, if not the best, at doing what they do. And people sometimes look down on it totally wrong, in the wrong light. Because it is providing. My, my story, I told you, my mom mm-hmm. went there had great care and was taken care of until she passed. And then when I see the trauma of different people's life, because as a minister, that's the other part you go. That's the only place you go. I can just tell you, there's not a better place. And those people work their tail off, both men and women, staff, everybody's trying to make it better. And since Oshner, again, to give them some credit and, and encourage both the school side and everything, it's it's you can tell it's going places. Mm-hmm. I mean, add another hospital, like going back to Old Shumper, St. Mary's and all that. That's innovative. They're trying to get yeah. things going, yeah. and this area needs it. We're yeah. thankful for you, man. Thankful well, thank for what you. you do. Thank you. No doubt. Very much so. All right. Well, let's get on out of here, Scott. It's about that time. we got to get this doctor back to work. you yes. got more research <laughs> to do. Scott's got to eat, and i got to yeah. go eat myself. Well, I actually got to go to the grocery store. Do you? I'm wear, a I'm wear a mask. <laughs> Say wear, wear a mask. mask. There you go. All right. Till <laughs> next time. Much. Yes. Peace, my brothers and sisters.